0: Sometimes we think about the moments that inspire us and in some of the greatest stories that we've ever seen. And I have to say for me, mine has to be in Return of the Jedi as Luke faced his father, never giving up, never, ever relinquishing the hope that he would be finally redeemed. Welcome to the Stars Report podcast. Thanks for uh, we a little bit of a different start to today's episode, but I I had a lot of fun with it. I've been uh, going through the the whole archive of Star Wars um, remixes and orchestration that that Sam Kim has on YouTube, and I was just like, oh, this is so good, so good. Come on, come on, Mark. Hey, Mark. That's filled it? with hope. Yeah, that's that's filled with a lot of hope. It is. It is. We need a little bit of that around here mm-hmm. <laughs> these days. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I had to I had to change up our intro a little bit this week just for funsies. You know, sometimes we just like to shake things up. Uh, and speaking of shaking things up, uh, we're shaking things up this week with Mr. Mark Hurlman.
1: That's right.
0: What's up? We're What's shaking
1: up, it out like a, a bad joint when you just woke up oh, in the morning and you're you trying see. to stand up.
0: My like, oh, yeah. God, give me a second, guys. We we're gotta get this working. Yeah, we're shaking it up, shaking it out, shake it out. Um, but <laughs> uh, no, this is a weird start to the episode. I'll admit it. We can get there, but it's it's happening. No, it's um had to take last week off unfortunately. So apologies, guys. I, I've been trying to be really consistent, but unfortunately had some work stuff come up. However, that means we've got a, a lot of news to catch up on. Um, which, which the first bit of news is Mark is still alive, surrounded by wildfires and yet still recording yeah. this podcast.
1: Yeah. Told my wife I'm going to pull go, up garden hose and be yeah. spraying the outside of the house down.
0: Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> uh, dude, I seriously, our, uh, thoughts and prayers with, with all you guys on the West, West coast. It's been, it's been rough. I, I, some of the pictures and footage out there is just, just insane.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. you know,
0: I'll, we'll offer some escapism from the the harshness of reality and talk uh, Star Wars news because um, we have some new tidbits on the uh, official Star Wars hotel, the Halcyon, 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 whatever Halcyon. they're whatever they're calling it, uh, the Halcyon. Um, mm-hmm. It's starting to take shape, and we're getting our first look uh, at the, uh, I guess. Next phase in construction, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Mark, it's it's BioReconstruct. All all he does, literally, is aerial photography of the Disney World area, a.k.a. Spy. He's a a corporate Disney spy, uh, basically. (laughs) And he's given out a new uh, set of images that show that the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel is coming along quite nicely. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. You can actually see here where they... um, uh, he's zoomed in on the section where the shore excursions will begin to take place. Uh, they're kind of actually beginning to get to some kind of final form uh, on on this you know, special hyperspace quote-unquote Star Wars ified bus, I'm sure. That will take you directly <laughs> to Galaxy's Edge as your shore excursion on your multi, multi-night stay at the Star Wars Resort Hotel at Disney World, which uh, still... I don't think they have a final, uh, and if they do, I'm sure it's not set in stone, um, release date. It was going to come out next year. I could see it being pushed back with the pandemic. Um, right. But they are, uh, it, we're getting a better better look at it. You see some of these pictures, Mark? Yeah, I like the one
1: that looks like a little coffin laying there. <laughs> yeah. you, you get the idea, like, maybe there's a bunker there, or some form or fashion, like the, the way the wall's built. Definitely has, like, a, a military-esque type feel to that wall uh mm. it definitely looks like a place where you might be pulling in to either go into the hotel or yes. shuttle towards disneyland itself i it think is. that's kind of cool
0: i'm gonna use a fancy word here i had to google it self-identifying mm. here it's the porte cochère, which is a, oh. a french word it's the passageway uh designed for vehicles to be able to pass through to the interior courtyard. It's what you always see at the front of a hotel, where the you know vehicle drops off at front. That's what that's what that coffin is, Mark. So you can Ooh. see that's what they're setting up for where you will uh, you'll drive in. But you can also see it's sort of their multiple levels where you would drive in uh, to support more vehicles yeah. and probably greater sense of immersion. So that instead of you unloading with a bunch of other families, I bet you unload at a certain deck so that it's just you, your family. And your, you know, galactic star cruiser attendants taking care of you for the, for the princely sum of four thousand dollars for four nights. That's the rumor, right. pr- rumored pricing. Rumored pricing. <laughs> well,
1: four thousand for four was, nights I, is I, actually a lot less than I was expecting. I was going four thousand a night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, actually, I, I'm quoting that off the top of my head. I should be more careful, I, I don't remember the exact. I remember it was in the thousands, um, for a multi-night right. stay. It's um,
1: it's definitely going to be up there, but I I mean I think I think that you're going to get an experience with this that's going to go above and beyond any other Disney hotel, right? I mean Oh, sure. The level of immersion here, you know, if you want to full cosplay this up, I mean I think that this is probably in the realm of doable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I, I think in fact I think they're going to encourage that kind of thing. They, they, the, I think this is the their next step in fulfilling the original promise of Galaxy's Edge, which is that mm-hmm. it was going to be more of a West World, completely immersive experience. It never lived up to that quite, um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very difficult to. But I think the idea of your the experience you get at Galaxy's Edge might just be unique enough to where it kind of fulfills that much more so when you're staying at the. Uh, galactic cruiser so that'll be kind of cool and and speaking of galaxy's edge um there's an expansion to sims 4 they actually have made it official you can now uh purchase um sims 4 star wars journey to batu expansion which is uh literally uh sims 4 but set at galaxy's edge it's pretty freaking cool are you nice. Sims, are you Sims player, uh, Herleman? My
1: wife and my and my girls are. Yeah. Oh. And in fact, I already pointed this out to him. Uh, the cost looks like it's nineteen ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine bundle with the game itself. Well, so for, we'll be spending the twenty bucks because we already got the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, my I, I pointed that out to my wife, and she's like, I already saw it. Hmm. Uh, Which I should have known. I mean, she follows everything coming out of AE for Sims. Uh, Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, she used to do it on the computer, but now that they've got it on on PlayStation 4 and also on Xbox One, uh, she's been pretty happy. Although I will say she plays it more on PlayStation 4 than she does Xbox One. There's something limited on Xbox One's version. So she was like, I I prefer playing it on the other. I'm like, oh, okay. All
0: right. Yeah, but they they do have like they have the complete map. Like the, the Black Spire Outpost includes the First Order district, the Resistance encampment. Like it has all 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 the stuff that you expect there, and um, it's. It, I
1: think that's kind of cool. I mean, I, for for you people that have been there, because I I've not had that opportunity. Thank mm. you, celebration getting canceled. No, I wasn't gonna be able to make it, <laughs> uh, but I I, I want to go there so bad that I think. Even a digital representation will be cool. Like I remember yeah. when I went and played uh, the Italian job and I was riding around and then all of a sudden we went down to L.A. and I'm like, wait, these streets kind of look familiar.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can actually purchase virtual merchandise. <laughs> you can buy a pork plush or sabacc table. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: uh, ooh, a table might be fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's pretty cool, yeah. So, uh, I mean, there they, this this kind of came out, this slipped back, uh, slipped by a little bit with other updates for um like um I almost called it Rogue Squadron, Star Wars squadrons, uh that's coming right. out here pretty soon. But uh, I thought that was I thought you know, it was pretty
1: sweet. I, I'm looking forward to how that ties into Shadowfall.
0: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll have to see. We will we'll have to see. Um. The well, other- I can tell you this much from
1: Shadowfall itself. There is a moment where Hera leaves to go and join up with Vanguard Squadron. Oh, And okay. then later on, that group shows back up. So the question comes in, will you in the game, does the game take place completely after the book or do the events coincide? And if they coincide, will we perhaps play one of the final battles from the book? Because it does kind of set you up to think that that could be a possibility if you're going to be playing as Vanguard Squadron.
0: Yeah i i, I would be I would be all about that. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm interested in in, in Star Wars Squadrons. I'm not the most excited because I'm not a big uh, uh, I'm not a big gamer. Period. But I'm not really a gamer when it comes right. to flight sim as much. Um, although I like the uh, the VR aspects possibilities, but I don't have PSVR. It's freaking expensive.
1: Right, I'm in that boat too. And Nathan does. Yes, he is uh, that's the excited. one time
0: I've experienced it was at Nathan's house. <laughs> was ah, the one time I so experienced yeah, yeah. PSVR. So, um, yeah, I, but I'll t- I will say probably the the game. Let's be honest. Yeah, you got Sims. Sure, Star Wars squadrons zip, zipping around in an X wing. We've yeah, we've never done that before, right? Am I right? <laughs> Listen, it may be the seventeenth version. To ever come out However We have the official Gameplay trailer To Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga <laughs> I want to learn The ways of the force And become a Jedi Like my father The force is unusually Strong with him That much is clear Twisting By the dark side young Skywalker has become. Help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. That boy is our last hope. No, there is another. I'm from the Resistance. Your sister Leia sent me. We need your help. mm we get a much better kind of open world look at this uh, at this version of Lego Star Wars. All nine films, one new game. In a world, the Force will be with you always. And we get look at uh, Solo and Rogue One stuff too. Yeah. I guess in that regard, it was more than nine films in one game. I know, right? And in in some ways, that they're they're showcasing a lot of um, a lot of prequel stuff, which I really like. <laughs> I yeah. Prequel appreciation. Oh, Yaddle! They've got Yaddle.
1: I am a Jedi.
0: Like my father before me. So be it. Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? So it happens we just have the little Lego lightning pieces. <laughs> there it is. There's the logos. Uh, Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PS5. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so, this came out a little while ago, but it, we hadn't had a chance to talk about it on the show. And I am hyped. Let me tell you. Let me tell right. you. Right. <clears throat> Mark, let me tell you about Lego Star Wars. I hope you're right. right. No, you
1: and I, we have history with Lego we Star have, Wars. We
0: have an extensive. The, I will never forget walking into a Walmart in mm-hmm. 2007, 7, I want to say, maybe 8. August 12th. Thursday, <laughs> and I remember my mom uh, was grocery shopping and taking a long time, and I wandered past the video game section, and there they had uh, the a GameCube set up with Lego Star Wars, the original Lego Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. which the original one just played through the prequels. Um, and I and that
1: was with the demo ver- version, right? Yep, it the was one the where demo. had the controller
0: available. Yep, and it had the little controller there, and and the, I played through that demo on the um uh Trade Federation ship as Obi-Wan run- and Qui-Gon running around and I was absolutely mesmerized. Mm-hmm. Loved that game so much. The best way I can illustrate my love for Lego Star Wars is the um is 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 the last two weeks where I went on eBay, ordered a PSP because I haven't played one in so long. Uh then uh jail jail broke it installed custom firmware so that i could run a bunch of emulators on it including classic nice. game boy lego star wars games <laughs> and yeah, i, right, I well played, and, well and, and lego star wars the clone wars and i've I, that's literally all i've been doing on this ancient psp that i have hacked just as like a sense of nostalgia because of this covid <laughs> era we live in and i have this time on my hands to do this kind of crap <laughs> and i'm playing lego i was star just wars thinking
1: about how, uh, you know, when you were young and, and you had that opportunity to play that game, could you imagine those things right now? They'd all be yeah. shut down.
0: Oh, yeah. oh of hey, course. No!
1: Stay away from that! <laughs> you don't know who touched that controller. <laughs> uh, but the thing I'm excited about this is like, you know, every time this game, and I say this game loosely, uh, comes out, you know, it's the, it's the most up to date with everything. And I think yeah. this is that. You know, this is probably the pinnacle version of the game. You know, I mean,. Yeah, And I think that's kind of cool. The fact that you kind of get all the old content from all the old games and they just keep adding to it and they update graphics and stuff. That aspect of this game is is brilliant. And it's one of the best games to start young kids on. Like if they're only two years old and they can barely work the, the keyboard, that's fine. These games are perfect. They fall down, they die, they just have cubes pop out of them. They keep going. Yeah, like my kids love this game. It was so much better than driving around Grand Theft Auto with them on the back of my motorcycle, getting shot out by thugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. It's family friendly. <laughs> it's fun. It's easy. I've the Le- Lego Star, it, and also the humor is fantastic. It, for us Lego Star Wars purists, the games originally never had actual voice dialogue. It was always hur, 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 it's right. like Lego talk, and that's now gone. They actually have real voiceover, but I actually don't mind.
1: Right. You recognize this.
0: You recognize the, the him. thing
1: for me that that my big geek always had an issue with is yeah. just the idea that you know now it's all one canon I'm like no Lego's its own thing. I can appreciate Lego for its own thing. But what happens in Lego should stay in Lego.
0: Oh yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody's pretending otherwise, Mark. I think.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think either. But I always I always get a kick out of just talking about it because it's like yeah.
0: It's like, uh, no, I Star hear you. I, I I'm telling you, man. It's I'm 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 hyped. However, the bad news is also along with the the recent uh, gameplay trailer, it is it is postponed. It was going to be out in holidays. Now it is out spring, 2021. Screw you, no. 2020.
1: Why do you suppose that is? Because I mean in in the realm of games and stuff, they're all produced by people that sit at a desk at home anyway.
0: That's a good question. Um as to like why it was delayed. I, I actually right. I don't think they I don't know if they put out a statement or anything on it because a lot of games have been coming out and been very very successful.
1: That's right. And and, and I want to say like like we lucked out with Mandalorian season 2 cuz they had just finished like four days before COVID hit, yeah. and their people were all sitting at home at their computers rendering the everything. So, I mean, I'm like, if they were able to do it from home, like, what? Come on, gamers! Like, you, your co-programmers were doing this stuff from the start. Delays,
0: can yeah. Leads.
1: No, I, I mean, I'm still excited for when it comes. Uh, the question then comes into: if you're going to get a PlayStation Five, do you even bother getting it for your other system? I mean that's.
0: I don't know. That's the the PS5, man. I've I've looked at it and I've been playing my I, my PS4 just sat there for forever. But but since and we talked about this in the pre-show and on this week's Patreon exclusive Rogue transmissions, um, that's we, true. We were talking about how we we both have been getting back into Jedi Fallen Order, and I've been cracking out the PS4 and playing a little bit more, and um, recently bought a Switch. I uh, mean, Savannah, Ooh. we've been playing some Smash Brothers on it, and so um we have i can buy either of it on there but part of me is like wonder i've been tempted as i've looked at some of the ps5 stuff but mm-hmm. that price but they haven't announced the price point and i'm guessing it's gonna be it's a,
1: gonna be high gonna be, and i i'm i'm in the camp of i've decided to get it which is a first for me because like the playstation 4 i waited a usually, really long time you usually one. wait
0: on on these consoles yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: uh it's it's spider-man it's the Spider-Man game with Miles Morales. I oh. when I saw when I saw that I was super excited, and then when I found out it was a PlayStation Five exclusive, I was
0: oh interesting. Uh, I was
1: almost mad, but then I found out that the first game is also going to be unlocked in the game, so you can play the original one on the PlayStation Five too. So are you interested? Like, okay.
0: Yeah. So are you interested in, or do you take advantage of like the four K fanciness uh, and stuff like that, or the graphics, or is I, it just okay. just the exclusive? Got
1: the five or the four K stuff? I don't have a TV that does supports 4k yet mm. so i mean we've got some movies we've got the player we don't can't. have to, I, yeah. so i mean that's our next upgrade because our, our tv when your tv goes to the white screen you can see these black blurry spots mm. in a couple spots where the screen started to fade so we went down and we saw like for 448 bucks you can get 70 inch 4k with oh. roku oof, oof. Like, oh. it's beautiful. I, mean, I can't afford it now i'm saving money for other stuff but i'm like there's a Black Friday. I was coming gonna say,
0: yeah, way. yeah, Black Friday deals. <laughs> I, yeah, because that's the thing with, uh, and I, I'll probably here's the honest truth of it is I'll I'll probably snag the PS5 with the uh, the first flagship Star Wars game that's exclusive to it, whatever that, with, be whatever that as well, is
1: because because oh, 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 oh. the advantages of having your collection right here oh hey, there that's you go that's what I did with the PlayStation 4 once it went on sale I was
0: like oh, I'm
1: getting that thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it'll be, I mean... As much as I love Lego Star Wars, I'll probably just get it for the Nintendo Switch and, and call it a day. <laughs> that's probably well, and what that I'll
1: do. one. That one's good because I mean, with the Switch, you can do it portable. You can do it on your TV. Like that's yeah. actually a, a brilliant move. I mean, I it's do. not like those games are utilizing every single button on the controller anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that that will be a Switch one for me. But maybe I'll uh, I'll upgrade at some point. So that's that's the <laughs> who knew, who knew that we'd spend like 15 minutes talking about like I can't help myself, man. It's I I. Just, Mm-hmm. i'm an apologist um call me i'm a lego star wars shill i've been i recently let's this isn't even in the notes i re, behind me mark you'll see uh i built i i had bought them a while ago and and i usually like buy lego star wars sets to build for stress relief it's like mm-hmm. there's nothing like building a, a star wars lego set that nice. it's just like, it's it's peace, it's transcendence, it's my meditation, Lego Star Wars. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll tell you how that turns on you real quick, Uh-oh. you know, quick time out, because mm. I used to have that. Yeah. Eventually, you and your beautiful wife are going to have what they call <laughs> children. <laughs> And they're going to find your Legos, and they're going to separate those sets. Oh, no. And you're going to have a box with all of them. You know that they're your Lego sets because you made sure to put them all in that box.
0: Yeah, yeah. But they're uh no longer
1: uh in the kits, and you don't know which one goes to which. I've got about 28 sets that I've got to put back together, and I'm just – every time I even think about it, I get sick to my stomach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, I have have so much – Star Wars, you know, a lot of people, it's like, it, it's all, it's it's Hasbro. It's three and three quarters. Man, I've been collecting three and three quarters inch figures since 1962. Right. Um, you know. But like.
1: I, I, I was one. i well, was a six inch guy.
0: Yeah. But for me, I have to say that kid of the prequel era, my introduction to collecting anything Star Wars, you know, in the limited way I do, because you guys know I'm not the biggest Star Wars collector. But my weakness is, is Star Wars Lego, and and uh, well, as, as, as evidence, I would say
1: that's me. when Lego and Star Wars really relaunched itself. I don't yeah. remember any Lego Star Wars stuff before the prequels. I mean, I'm no. sure there was. No, it was actually
0: I, their first sets were ninety nine.
1: Okay, and that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, that was the perfect time to start marketing that product. Oh, I mean, don't and even I mean, you're what. Well, Fifteen years younger than me, twenty. years They're about years younger something than
0: me. like that. I just turned and, and, twenty-eight. Yeah. And I
1: mean, you know, your story of Lego growing up reminds me of my introduction to Lego. I mean, the sets weren't as cool, but I mean, the things you could do with them was just so yeah. much fun. Hours of
0: fun. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never. My first um, Star Wars Lego set that I ever got was the was General Grievous versus Obi Wan with his freaking bike uh, from Is Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith set. <laughs> I loved it. it was, Great scene. It's the best thing ever. Uh, and it's funny, because you remember these things. And, and I understand, it helps me be maybe more empathetic with, I, I've just never understood the reverence, the the like near, near religious reverence for the original Kenner line, and why, like, mm-hmm. I, I just never understood it. But even as I think about it now, and like I still remember the first Star Wars Legos that I got, I can kind of maybe empathize a little bit better with the, the, the collecting bug, if I, you will.
1: Dude, my recent one, They've been putting out these micro machine lines, uh, you know, and I I just got the, uh, back to the future set that comes with all three different versions of the, uh, DeLorean. I've been looking out for, uh, the old, uh, Gosh, the, the Micro Machines, they were like the lightsabers mm. that would open up and get the Death Star. I have that one, but there's a couple other of those play sets. Uh, I, I found an old box of some of my loose Micro Machines, and it made me start hunting those down. They're actually not that bad a price if you look around in
0: the right places. No, that's not too bad. Yeah, I like it. Um, where was? Oh, yes, so Lego. We I, Guys, fair warning. We will do the entire rest of the show on Lego Star Wars i'm not i'm not don't you threaten me with a good time um so as i was saying lego star wars um I, back behind me mark i'll show you on my little webcam um i've i've displayed the most recent two sets that i that i assembled which is old ben's hut on tatooine and the most recent version of the um land speeder, of luke's land speeder um both of those nice. sets pair really well together obviously tatooine themed and, um, I love the way they, they kind of created, if you ever had the, there's the, there's an X-Wing set that came with Yoda's hut and Yoda's hut would kind yeah. of close up or open up to where you could kind of, uh, play with the figures and set up scenes inside the hut yeah, or you could close yeah. it and it where it looked uh, just like it. And actually, hang on, why not?
1: Right. He's walking over. He is grabbing the playset. He is gingerly bringing it back with a big smile on his face. Riley hasn't smiled this hard since he got married and said, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> way, to, way to fill the dead air and also true. Uh- also true. <laughs> um, so you can kind of see here. Oh, nice. it, it opens up in three parts where you can kind of get a good view of that the... Is- Small, like, for being lightsaber as chest. small as
1: that is that's got a lot of detail to it
0: it does i they're small sets i think 20 30 bucks sets um
1: i mean that that's the moment where luke lights the lightsaber up it's your father's he's yeah. gonna do that
0: someday yeah it says help me obi-wan Kenobi. you're my only hope you have they have a little special piece which is the hologram nice. there you can kind of see it there and luke's hanging out there but i, I, I mean it's a pretty simple scene inside but they have um what came with it is a a, a Tuscan Raider and a Gaffy Stick, which is pretty nah. cool minifigure that I left over there. And then, most importantly, as I close it up here, you're gonna see, um, there we go, uh, the uh, the actual hut. So I'll, I'll actually angle it like it would have been. Wow. In the movie,
1: for uh, being all blocked, that's pretty dang
0: impressive, man. Yeah, it's it's it looks like the it's the it's the hut. It's, yep. it's it's old Ben's hut right there on Tatooine, which I think we only well, see. It's these- nice
1: how you can complement the sets too, because yeah. I I remember the ones that I got back before my son destroyed them was like the old X-wing, the old B-wing. Uh, I didn't have a Y-wing, but I did have an A-wing, mm. and I want to say that the X-wing came with it was a like Yavin four. Yeah, uh, the little pilot rider that they would sit on, mm-hmm. and you set that up next to everything, and then it came with. We also had the Hoth base set with Leia and uh, the whole screens and everything, and you would open that up and just set the ships around. It looked like the whole hangar and everything. It was pretty nice.
0: I love it. Yeah, it, the complementary sets is nice, and they've released. They haven't ever done the Old Ben's Hut. They have done a million versions of the Landspeeder. It must be a very well selling set because they keep updating it every few years and they put out a new set with it. Um, right. But each one, I'm like,
1: putting one out even,
0: but I will, the, uh, uh, and I'm going to actually pull it up because this is what happens when we, when we, when we do it live, They announced, uh, a couple new sets. See if I can find it here. all the news about star Wars Lego. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. Well, there's a couple new Lego sets that they've announced and they, this is not in the show notes, but since we're nerding out, um, This is what we're going to do. So the first one, uh, straight from StarWars.com, I'm going to send you the link so that you can reference it, Mark, because I don't have it in the notes. And if you don't mind, you can toss it in the notes, which, folks, means that you, because we're talking about a bunch of visual stuff here, go into your notes on your podcatcher, on whatever app you're listening to. uh, The show notes will be right there. uh, And you can click through and and look at some of these things as we look at them. Um, In Pirate 40, the LEGO Star Wars Bespin Duel set, Celebrates the moment that changed everything, and it it is. It's the "No, I am your father," and they've only ever done one set of this, and it was like a play set, a sort of Bespin play set, where they had a bunch of different scenes from Bespin and Empire Strikes Back. This is the dedicated, you know, moment of truth, as Luke's clinging to the freaking metal thing, and Darth Vader standing on the platform above him, reaching out his hand.
1: This is magnificent. Yeah, but I'm gonna say something very devil's advocate of me and blasphemous at the same time.
0: Oh god, don't you dare crap on Lego Star Wars. I I will. I'm not gonna
1: really crap, (laughs) but I'm just. Aside from like one weather vane at the bottom, I think you could kit match this super easy. Oh, Uh, I I mean, aside from having that version of Luke, any Vader would do, and you could build this. Just, I mean, it looks pretty basic. I love it. Don't get me wrong; it's a classic scene, and it is one of my favorites. And I like that moment in anything, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, uh, some of the unleashed figure statues that they have, because um, I've got that up above me, you no, know, over on the other side where Vader's already cut those three pillars, where his hands reaching out for on the website here. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, that that it's such an iconic moment. But looking at this set, it's really basic. Like I I think you could almost get away with this with just breaking apart uh you know a certain uh, walker
0: <laughs> mm, all right all right all right if you're if you're gonna be such a such a debbie downer about it fine. <laughs> actually i don't disagree with you it's it's a pretty i mean it's 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 an iconic moment in star wars but it is it's it's very displayable and it's a target mm-hmm. exclusive yes. as well i was looking to see if it's still available oh here we go uh to purchase the it item. It does have
1: the 40th Empire Strikes Back little plaque that goes with it. So oh, mean, yeah. It yeah. Looks nice. I like that. It looks, looks
0: classy. It is, it is a, cla- a classy-looking uh, freaking Lego set. But you know what? Fine. All right? Not impressed with that. I raise you the Ooh. first look at the 3,000-piece Moss Isley Cantina. And there's Ooh. your link, sir. Uh, Lego Ooh. has given us our first official look at the next Star Wars set uh, targeted to adult fans. It takes. Uh, this is an image from the official Korean Facebook account, which has Holy since been removed. Which has been since removed. But look at this thing!
1: Holy oh, I want to. I want to see. I want to see the back of that package. I want that thing opens up. That open that's oh, yeah. got to open up three to four different ways. That looks like it's got a zig. That's got to be magnificently fun for kids. So
0: what you guys are looking? So when we say I three thousand, if you're not, <clears throat> let's say, a Lego aficionado like myself, when we're talking three thousand right. pieces, we're talking like a two scale to the minifigure uh, piece. This thing's probably a foot a foot wide. Like follow it's the
1: a, link to the old one and look at the difference from the old one to the new one.
0: Oh wait! So, like, oh my god! Tw- oh, 2018s. oh yeah, because tw- a couple years ago they did have a cantina set, but it just was it was crappy. This looks like the one in like Battlefront when you play. It's like a it's a full scale. It has the do back hanging outside. It has the freaking uh, the freaking uh, modal nodes. Not modal nodes. Modal nodes. Yeah. Modal nodes. Yeah. Modal nodes. We'll say modal nodes. <laughs> like I confused the ones from Jabba's it's- palace and from the cantina. I'm I'm not gonna lie sometimes, right. but. Uh, It's got the new uh,
1: the new speeder, mm -hmm. the one with the three little jets on top. Yeah, yeah. I like that it's got outbuildings. They're not all attached to it. I think that's kind of cool.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's got um, some sand troopers. It's got the little spy. (laughs) That spy, you remember? Right, the Cubics. (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: there's a devarian up there too the the, uh the devil looking guy oh the
0: devaronian yeah 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 no i'm tracking Mm -hmm. uh it's it's beautiful it's so beautiful so it's a leak it's not official official but it's from a it leaked on a korean lego site um so
1: if there's one thing they get right it's toys
0: mm. (laughs) you know lego is famous for leaking details too oh yeah lax of is the wolf looking dude uh, I I know I know that only because I pulled up Wikipedia. But okay, so this is what we're looking for. Three. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a three hundred dollar Lego set. I'm i guarantee you.
1: Oh, I I honestly would be surprised if it was if it wasn't closer to
0: four or five. Yeah, the new some of the premium they they have a name for the for the premium sets. That Falcon. Sets.
1: Masterpiece, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. the big, the big old Falcon is it, it retailed at like seven ninety nine, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. But the I, but like the premium Tana four that they have on sale right now is two hundred, but it's still like super nice. It's a little more reasonable. How um, many
1: pieces is that one?
0: That's a good question, yeah. I mean, I because
1: mean, that's really where the nitty-gritty comes in on your Legos. You know, I mean, if you're paying $200 and you're only getting 180 pieces, you've got swindled.
0: <laughs> well, the general guidance is um, $100 for every 1,000 pieces, roughly. Although, I I, I heard that. I, I'm literally pulling that out of my butt, though. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> um the Tana 4, it is out of stock on the Lego website, but here we go. It is 17, yeah, okay, I must be close, 1768, uh, 1,768 pieces. Uh, however, it is
1: $300. So, I mean, we're looking at almost double that for this one, about 600 So, I think it'd be close to 500 bucks, man. Yeah,
0: I think you're I right. I would not be surprised if right. $499 tag $499, yeah, I could see it. 499 maybe 399
1: but I, and and depending on how that playset unfolds now if it's just a, a swing and it's just you know it swings open like a like pac man open his mouth would uh, be a little sad but it looks like there's an extra wall in there and it looks like it does a W mm.
0: yeah I
1: mean I'm hoping I've got kind of, for the price that you're probably gonna end up paying but the amount of Legos it is I'm really thinking like they've got some extra hinge in there and there's a third wall
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, how cool would it be to open it up and be able to do every scene from inside the cantina? Oh,
0: dude. Dude, it'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. I, and I love, like... I, I And I particularly am fond of the original... Um, original trilogy sets i don't know there's just something about them that makes them a a bit more attractive to me so have
1: you ever seen any of the fan play sets the dioramas that are made there's a agatha dancing bear that does a a magnificent setup even has ben kenobi's hut you should check him i gotta tell
0: you i blew blow my mind they some of the dioramas that they have at celebration right it kills me just like how how detailed they are there's a battle of hoth there like celebration six i want to say that was a full scale it had like a dozen walkers the complete you know ridge um all the trenches built in It just like it looked like the lego version of of this battlefront set Um,
1: you know what you could get to add to this that would take this over the top what's that some mandalorian figures
0: Oh yeah, interesting. It's it's like
1: it's like having a uh, complete saga with nine films, and then realizing Solo and Rogue One are in it too. That's the next.
0: It's like hey The next one on my on my list is is gonna be probably the uh, and I didn't get it initially just because I couldn't quite take take the hit on 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 the purchase. Because listen, I understand the thing right. about collecting Legos. It's a freaking expensive hobby, and mm-hmm. um, but I I will say this the the playability factor and and i don't know what it is it's there's something about actually building something with your hands um that that just is it engages that creative part of your mind and i think for me i intensely associate both the creative aspect of star wars one of my favorite you know Stories of all times that's meant so much to me to this sort of kinetic building something that's a little part of that universe. It just uh, it's difficult to describe other than to say it, it it connects you not unlike two plastic bricks connect together. Mm-hmm. It connects you to that story you love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lego sponsor the Star Wars <laughs> that's <it's> sponsored by. <laughs> uh star wars lego so there you go that's that's have i detoured enough i I think we literally just did a 25 minute segment on lego
1: we may have but you know it's it's entertaining
0: (laughs) listen I'll take it I'll take I've become that podcast that I always I'll I'll be completely honest when I used to I'd be listening to like a Star Wars podcast discussing like the new film or the new episode of Mandalorian and if there's like a a left turn into 20 minutes of discussion of action figures like oh come on the sculpt or the paint quality come on guys (laughs) and I just did that that's me I just literally did that with Lego so there you go hashtag sorry not sorry uh hey here's actual news like real news it's official mandalorian this is what we should have led the show with (laughs) right mandalorian season two coming october 30th on disney Um, (coughs) plus i'll jump straight (coughs) in from the press release see the trailer i would like to see the baby um (laughs) i love that meme (laughs) the story one of my favorite things to do reading and dissecting starwars.com press releases um, The story continues. Lucasfilm and the Walt Disney Company announced today that the, se- the second season of The Mandalorian will debut. De- debut. Debut on uh, October 30th uh, on Disney Plus. Every episode of The Mandalorian Season 1 is currently available, along with the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which features creator Jon Favreau and producer Dave Filoni and many more as they take fans behind the scenes of the uh, first ever live action s- Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. It is currently nominated. God, people, people in the entertainment industry love their their awards. <clears throat> currently Even nominated for, for fifteen Emmy awards, including Outstanding Drama Series. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for more on the Mandalorian season two. Very short, very straight to the point. Here's the date. It's coming out. They have not dropped a trailer. I've seen some some consternation, some uh, some frustration on the internet about the lack of trailer. Mm -hmm. where's the trailer? where's the train give it to me i want it give me the trailer (laughs) they're
1: they're placing bounties on the trailer (laughs) um
0: no i mean this is the thing it's disney plus with streaming content it's 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 not a movie you don't release a trailer six months out a year out it's they we will see in fact some of the promo you do get teasers though for seasons. Yeah, uh, and we got the first one earlier than now, but a lot of the trailers and teasers for new Netflix and Disney Plus stuff I've noticed come, drops about a month out.
1: Right. Because otherwise you just, right. I think
0: the average consumer just forgets. You see a trailer, you know, in today's era of the 24-hour news cycle and a pandemic and an election year, so you just you just forget all that crap. You're like, Well, I, I
1: guess in the upside, though, we're only 20 days away then from any day now.
0: I think so. no. I think we'll get a trailer in the next. I would say two to three weeks stops, Two or three weeks. So we'll stay All tuned. Right. I'm, you can. You, I can promise you guys this. We'll be um, doing an instant reaction uh, episode pod, uh, podcast here on the feed when when they do drop uh, and and kind of analyzing what we're gonna see because there are some freaking crazy rumors about season two. I got A- Rick rolled. Ahsoka. I, I Rick
1: rolled everybody else. So I'm uh, what sorry did you,
0: guys. What did you do? What did you do Mark? You didn't see the trailer link? What did you, what did you, uh, okay. was it? everyone's all like the
1: trailer dropped. It was like the next day after this news broke and you go into it and it's Tatooine. And you see the Sarlacc. And you see what looks like boot prints leading away from the Sarlacc, and then you hear Boba Fett's spurs. Then you see Boba Fett's feet, and then they scroll up, and it's Boba Fett. And you're like, "What?" And they had like something else. And all of a sudden, it's all like, "Never gonna give you up." I was like, oh. And of course, I shared it before I even finished the damn <laughs> uh, video. Uh, well, I just left it up, and all my double, friends, even even Tom, was like, "Damn you, Mark!"
0: <laughs> double rickrolled. They rickrolled mm-hmm. you and got you. Yeah that's that's, (laughs) screw them no that's 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 it was well done that's an evil thing to do i think (laughs) well to some of the rumors for season two are just crazy i i we haven't even really covered them that in depth we haven't had that much of an opportunity to um but like rosario dawson as ahsoka and like uh, sabine Boba Possibly Fett, Rex, Rex Boba Clone. Fett. I, it, it sounds like um, a a stew of every popular Dave Filoni character ever is rumored to be in this in this series. Right.
1: Tomorrow being in there, you're, it's like having you know Baker in the Clone Wars. Like, oh, mm. well, who's he going to be voicing? Well, who's he going to be playing? Oh,
0: Anybody. yeah, yeah. You're talking about D. Bradley Baker. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair. So that's that's sort of the um, that's sort of the news, man. Mm-hmm. But we're. Yes, yeah, you would think normally this is about when we'd wrap up the show. It's like we did hit all the news. Riley talked about Lego Star Wars for 30 minutes straight. Um, but no. 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 We have... Uh, uh, well, we have a main segment. I, in, in fact... Ladies and gentlemen, here, listen to the sound of this. That is the sound of me flipping through the physical pages of the paperback edition of uh, Star Wars... Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. You know, it's it's kind of fascinating how this book shows us a lot of the master that Obi Wan would become because of his relationship with uh, with Qui Gon Jinn and mm-hmm. the prophecy that uh, made him ultimately promise and fulfill that promise to his dying master there in the Palace of Thede in Naboo. Mm-hmm. So uh, how's that for a dramatic entrance? That was good. <laughs> good.
1: You know... I got to say, Claudia Gray is definitely the Timothy Zahn of the new canon books.
0: Oh, yeah. And yes,
1: Timothy Zahn is still writing books in the new canon. So if you don't understand that reference, <laughs> Timothy Zahn did for Legends what she's doing for canon. She's just putting out good story after good story, tying them together when they need to, and just rocking it. Mm. I mean, I really enjoy every book that she's put out. This was one that, you know, as we were talking in our, our Patreon exclusive segment, it, it felt like solo Star Wars story when it first came out like I didn't feel like I needed to have this story You know, I felt like Jude Watson's version of the events that happened in Legends was kind of a good enough for me And I, I didn't really know if I needed to go back to there and when I first got into it the first half of the book I was doing a lot of comparisons, you know, I mean, a, a definite different relationship between the master and the apprentice in this book. But by the time I got to the halfway point, I couldn't put the book down, Riley. I blazed through this so fast. I And I, Nate had the same issue. I mean, once you got to that halfway point, it became so deep and so impressively written that you wanted to know what the next page had in store. Um, The characters and stuff, the way that uh, Rael, Dooku's other Padawan, um, the way he ended up playing out his relationship with Qui-Gon and just that character in general was kind of intriguing to me because he was a Jedi, but he was a very rogue element, if it were. I mean, there was a lot of let's say some sexual exploits that that character did that definitely had me laughing at times, but the dialogue that came with it was the over-the-top part that just killed me? I I loved it so much. I was definitely one of my favorite you're characters talk, in the book. You're
0: talking about Rael, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he uh he I literally it's funny you should say that because I didn't you you actually I know you you guys talked about it on um beyond the films pretty in depth and so I know you guys had the chance to kind of more thoroughly review it. I have done no such thing, of course, in terms of prep. <laughs> I I literally although as I read the book. I um I highlighted a few things that just jumped out to me, and that's literally the first page I stopped on was uh page one fifty five when um Qui Gon and by the way this is gonna be spoilers if you guys didn't didn't realize that already because the book's been out for over a year so um uh, Qui Gon is uh needing to uh, meet with Rail as an urgent topical matter based on some important Jedi negotiations that he needs to discuss. <clears throat> rael, Qui-Gon's joy, vo- voice, actually, <sighs> rael that's more of a Qui-Gon voice, uh, came from the doorway. <laughs> May I speak with you? Um, Qui-Gon, Avaros scrambled out of bed, grabbing for his dressing gown. Be right with you, which I, I kind of imagined him, his voice as Dexter Jetster, the way, <laughs> the way it reads. Right. Uh, so, so, Obi-Wan. Hey, hey. them clo- Kaminoans, they're cloners and damn good ones. So I kind of imagined that he kind of talks in that sort of drawl and they, in voice, at least the way it's it, the the spelling uh, allows it to. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, Avaros remembered. Uh, oh, Qui-Gon just walked straight in. Uh, ah, Qui-Gon said, staring at the woman in Avaros's bed. Forgive my intrusion. Selby was, Selby was just leaving, Avaros promised. <laughs> it happened to be true. <laughs> and then I said to the next lady, <clears throat> damn, but Avaros, Avaros wished he had an ale right about now. Quote, falling in love, that's the, what the whole Jedi code forbids. Getting laid? Not so much. Not if it's casual like me and selby it's like just a little casual fling a little uh a one night stand who cares you know in some ways a jedi are encouraged to love i always loved the way anakin in attack of the Clones is like encouraged to love. like this the creepiest thing he said the whole encouraged and it was to so
1: teenage boy at the with same time
0: body <laughs> it's like, yeah,
1: you're getting around that yes, rule anakin um, Now, what what I like about Rail's character, so so for perspective to the listeners, Rail is a earlier. Apprentice of Dooku's yes that when Qui-Gon was training under Dooku he knew him while he was a knight and so they had a relationship of going on missions and stuff as well and there was also a relationship with Dooku that both of those apprentices had that went around prophecies Mm. and a holocron of prophecies which is a really cool aspect of the story and then the way that Qui-Gon's relationship with Kenobi was strained at that time because, I mean, we're almost into episode one when this starts. And I think that was one of the first things that I had an issue with was, like, I felt like we'd missed so much time. But by the time you get through to the second half of this book, it brings their relationship in a way that I, when I was in the first half, I didn't think they could get to. You know, Jude Watson took Obi-Wan from 13 all the way up to that point on a long relationship with Qui-Gon. So you had this really great Relationship with the two of them you saw how they worked really well And so when you see him in episode one you just you just knew how that's how they came to be But when you start this book out, you know They're still not quite getting along and Obi-Wan's almost a full adult and at first that put me off But by the time you get through the book and the complex relationships of the characters and how Obi-Wan sees insight into Qui-Gon Jinn Through rail and through the relationships to Dooku that Jinn has When you get to the moment where Jinn's like you're gonna train the boy and Kenobi, you know, accepts it. Like I, I felt like all that made so much more depth when I got done with this book, in a different way than what we got with Jude Watson's story from Legends. And I love that about the way it was delivered through the character perspectives.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I, uh, I, I thought she. Here's the thing. So that I, I, this is my first Claudia Gray book. I, I had not read oh. Lost Stars, um, or the Princess Leia book. Um, but her strength really comes in sort of portraying the the politics of Star Wars, and I didn't really mm-hmm. expect that. I I knew Princess Leia was a pretty like political book in its approach, but I I really thought that the the whole subplot of um the uh the the Zerka Corporation having mm-hmm. a complete stranglehold on the planet, and that Rael was sort of he'd been entrenched in the society so long that he didn't see the evils of it truly. Whereas Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon did. Qui-Gon is sort of the maverick Jedi um, is, is more purist in some ways than the Jedi council. Like you really see in this book, how much the council likes to compromise. And there's this almost, and I didn't think about this till just now, but there's this weird, almost parallel similarity to, to Rayal, who's con- who, the book at first you would think oh, he's sleeping around with other, you know, women, and he's, he's not really following the code. He doesn't see the evils of the big corporation that uh, has its claws in the planetary government and is participating in slavery, um, mm-hmm. sanctioned by the Republic, essentially. Like all these evils that are there, and and in some ways, the Jedi Council is advocating compromise on some. In a similar way, they're just they just want to compromise with, you know, certain planetary governments and systems in the hyperspace lane and they need access to it and they can't be the 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 policeman of everything in the galaxy. That's it's kind of they Mm -hmm. both you see the similarity between the council compromising on some issues, but being really dogmatic with others. When in some ways, Ryle's just compromising on issues, too, where Qui-Gon's guiding light is sort of the the will of the force, the living force, which is very consistent with our introduction to him in the movies, in the Phantom Menace. And I think what Claudia Gray does is she captures George Lucas's character really effectively. She doesn't co-opt the characters to fulfill, you know, a... Particular narrative or worldview or sequence of events to just kind of mash it into making it work as a story. She really like this book's strength rests on much in the same way the Phantom Menace uh, as a movie rests on the character of Qui Gon Jinn, and I, I absolutely loved that.
1: I, I thought it was interesting that Yoda was against his appointment to the council. Yeah, you know, it added a different depth to. The dogma of the Jedi—that that Yoda was so entrenched in his ways that he wasn't willing to see Jin for what we see Jin as—you know—I mean, the fact that Jin was the black sheep of the of the Jedi Order in that aspect, the way he was treating the Force and the way he was expecting the Jedi to act—and um, I, I thought that was a really cool philosophical moment when we had those, where Kenobi is the one pointing it out. You know, because like the whole mission's like, as soon as this mission's over, as soon as Episode One finishes, Qui Gon was supposed to be going to the Council. He was going to be leaving Obi Wan anyway. With an interesting twist on their relationship, because that was one of the things. Like, because Kenobi definitely felt like his training wasn't complete. Mm. Yes, and we watch him also grow in confidence as the book goes on. So, I mean, there was that first half of the book, the way it just set everything up. I was immediately like, I, I'm not sure how this is going to end. I don't know if I'm going to like it. But by the time we get to the ending, the way it was so masterfully done, it definitely pays off well. And I think that's one of the things about Claudia Gray's books is they all do the long payout.
0: Yes. I think um, it's pretty patroning too because you know me. I, I, I'm i not necessarily the most engaged on a lot of the, the books. I've started and not finished many a Star Wars book in the new canon. Um, but right. it, it kept me going um, and, and kept me intrigued. And I... I really felt that she did a good job with that. When you're talking about Obi-Wan's character growth, there is a disconnect between, and you and I both have this baggage of the original Jude Watson stories, and it's different. It's a different, Mm -hmm. it's a much more conflicted relationship. And I would say that she overplays it some. She overplays the tension between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon more than it makes sense. Um, But... Uh, but largely I think it, it works, and there's some real character growth and then there's that there's an element there's a who done it element too to the book that I thought was really good when it comes to there are these uh saboteurs these black shields that are causing chaos, and the planetary government blames these separatist rebels freedom fighters yet you also have the um some questions about whether or not maybe it's the Zerka Corporation or maybe there's sort of this ongoing mystery as to who these quote-unquote terrorists are. And and that that is a part I won't spoil here just in case there's some of you. Uh, it's kind of like the biggest spoiler of the book, but I loved okay. that whole plot and that big turning point. That's honestly what kept me turning the page because okay. you, you can have like the character stuff and stuff, but I, I, I do like, I like, an, I like a page turner. I like some mystery and intrigue in, in my Star Wars, and, and in that way, it's similar to Attack of the Clones in some ways.
1: Right. I was stoked to see Zerka come back, because, I mean, Zerka, as far as my memory goes back, was a KOTOR thing. Uh, that oh, that came that's from the right. beginning.
0: I, I forgot. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. You're right. Yeah, so
1: so having that pop-up was cool. I really liked the moment where Jin saw Dooku use the, the Sith Force lightning. Oh, Dude.
0: Dude, that, that was,
1: was – I mean, There was a lot of really cool moments with the holocrons and, and the, the seeking out the prophecies and everything and the relationship between them that was interesting. And it also changed part of why Dooku left the Order because originally Dooku had left the Order because of Qui-Gon's death. And now we find out that that happened totally different, which I actually kind of like the way it happens in uh, Claudia's book a lot more. I think that it's a little more – deeper whereas i mean it made sense why he did it the other way like you know with with qui-gon dying but i feel like that was more of a knee-jerk reaction whereas this one it it really it sets dooku's inner machines you know moving (laughs) you can see everything that leads him down his path it's just all laid out for you
0: yeah no that's true that's true it uh i i I like that a lot um i did i did mark uh highlight I'm just kind of flipping through the books with little notes or highlights that I made. I loved there's a little quote at one point where a blaster bolt slammed into a nearby shrub, setting it smoldering. And here's the quote from Qui Gon out of the saucepan and into Mm -hmm. the stove. I'm like, all right, I see you. I see what you're doing there, Claudia. A little Lord of the Rings reference.
1: (laughs) Yep, that was a good one. I I enjoyed also when Obi Wan later on in the book ignites his lightsaber and it wasn't blue, it was orange. Oh, it was a cool yeah. moment.
0: <laughs> that was that was great. I was like, all right, I'm down. Um the the political the politics stuff kind of works and it's consistent with the prequels and the Phantom Menace. I like she didn't shy away from that. There were a couple moments where I I was surprised at the level of parallel to real world. It kind of got skated really close to that fence where it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. I'm I'm not by the way. I'm I'm someone who's not at all opposed to real world um political commentary in, in your Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is inherently uh, political. And more importantly, it's inherently moral. Yeah. It has a moral story to it. But man, like, there's a section here where <clears throat> it talks about... Avaros is talking about Zirka Corporation. And uh, he says, yeah, One of the privatized industries... Um, Avaros put Zerka in charge of the penal system. A generation ago, the Pyjal system rarely resor- resorted to lengthy jail sentences. Now, there's a mandatory for a long list of crimes, including minor ones, and a, lar- a larger number of crimes are now punishable by life sentences to labor. And as I, <laughs> I guess that's uh, that's that's some real world uh, parallel right there when you're talking about like. Uh, uh, harsh sentencing laws and the debates in, in real life that surround that. But it was worded a little clunky, but uh, you know what? Fine. I, I didn't actually mind it. The, the little things like that that would normally like bother me in a Star Wars book where it's like parallels real life too much or kind of takes you out of the story or just doesn't feel Star Wars. I know I hate that phrase, but I, I'm going to be that right. guy. I'll be that guy for just a minute. If it feels like Star Wars, normally I'm like, uh, it, it takes me out of it and it, it kind of, instills a bit of resentment like yeah do i want to finish this book is this really for me (laughs) but in this case i I mean it was such a well-told story i it just kept me kept me turning the page Um, so without
1: spoiling too much the the one character that i would say has a twist there at the end like you kind of saw it coming a little bit but i just the way it played out and the way rails uh, rails character has to deal with all that in the moment was probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire book. Yeah. When, when, when that certain character just kind of loses their proverbial Sith, <laughs> and you finally see the true colors, and you're like, oh my god! Like, I, that moment for me was so fun, that I was rooting for Rail. I really want to see Rail's character show up in something, in some form or fashion. Yeah, like, I don't even care how they do it. Like, maybe would be a flashback, whatever. I, I'm. I, it was a fun character. He reminded me a lot of uh, Roan from... Uh, Oh, man. Which book was Admiral,
0: that? Admiral, run...
1: Uh, Dark Lord. From ah. Dark Lord. Uh, that, the Jedi that went on the run after Order 66 that Vader ended up confronting on Kashyyyk from Legends. It had a lot of similarities to mind when I was reading up of character.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I like that. That Yeah, that, that twist, it was pretty satisfying. There was there was some frustration with how... <sighs> What's the word... Some, some of the characters made some kind of dumb decisions in the last act of the book. We'll just put it that way. That, that <laughs> But that that were frustrating, but not necessarily they were consistent with what the character would be. But, you know, um, mm. I, I did like, uh, uh, this little quote from Qui-Gon. Um, he, he says, I attempt to understand the viewpoints of everyone I deal with. That's not a weakness. That's how I operate. And I've learned, um, uh, I've learned more that way than I ever would by being quick to cast blame. And I liked uh, that. was a very Qui-Gon moment. And I think a, a, a great lesson learned um, that can be applied to society today. As <laughs> just, I loved that quote uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, I'll give out uh, one or two last things here, Mark, and then I'll let you uh, give your maybe closing thoughts and stuff. But I loved the Rogue One reference where Obi-Wan says, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Nice. That was nice. Yeah, that was a good they one. had a great little touch um and then uh i i kind of love that they got into facial recognition t- technology at the end again like a real world parallel like i i thought of like a i don't know one, a big central government like in china or something like that where You know, the Zerka Corporation had those scanner droids with facial facial, um, recognition technology and holos on file for like the for packs and what's her face like those two characters. I
1: want to say Tarkin also touched on that because there was the technology that would read their commander pins that would get all the information about who they were and stuff off their commander
0: pins. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so kind of similar idea, but um, I, the 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 char- care the Pax and ah, I forgot the other female character, um, but the the two like smugglers, uh, mm-hmm. jewel smuggler. I th- they kind of got on my nerves at first, and they were like, right, "Why do I care about these characters? Is this Qui Gon? No, then shut up." <laughs> but, right, right. But by the end of the book, it, it I'd kind of come around on it a lot.
1: Well, um, it also it, it kind of. Ex- explained how the Jedi were traveling around and the limitations they're in when they weren't doing, you know, the main Republic cruisers kind of thing. Yes. Um, One thing I really also enjoyed, you know, the the complex relationship between Obi-Wan, how Obi-Wan kind of felt like Qui-Gon wasn't giving him the training, wouldn't move him past certain basic techniques. And there was a great moment where Qui-Gon's telling him, you know, many Padawans and full Jedi Knights, for that matter, forget the most basic techniques and the most important technique, the purist, the most likely to protect you in battle and the foundation of all knowledge that is to come. Most apprentices want to rush ahead to styles fighting that are flash and, and Uh He's like more historic. but the, the, the way he was talking about the fact that Obi-Wan was stuck on those earlier ones because he wanted him to master. He wanted him to have it inside and out. And the way that after they had that conversation, the way Obi-Wan's character – absorbed that was a really cool moment because it ties into one of my favorite things about Stover's novelization of, uh, the revenge of the Sith book is Obi-Wan was able to take out Qui-Gon Jinn. Or I mean, <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, general Grievous yeah, yeah. because he was a master of form one. I mean, it was the mm. most basic form. Oh, interesting. But he had mastered that form and it was like, it went back to that immediately for me of like, Oh man. So in a sense, Qui-Gon's, set that emotion,
0: dude that's because cool Gon
1: had a drilled obi-wan had to do the wax on wax off
0: <laughs> that's 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 so cool i would not have known that that is a deep cut reference that you know that's for fans of legends who read those books like the idea of the lightsaber forms and stuff that's nothing i'm familiar with but man that's that's pretty meaningful for for you guys. It's just I wonder if Claudia. I've ne- we've never interviewed her. I've seen her at a couple different conventions, different times, and she's always she's always super nice. But she's pretty reserved on like panels. Um, but I would be really curious to talk to her and like get an idea of like her Star Wars fandom and how she's able to inject some of that stuff, some of those references into the into the material. Because I think she just has um she has just an understanding of the of the characters and how to keep them true to George Lucas's you know inception for them but carrying them forward into a different scenario and a different story and right. and, f- and she does and that bringing
1: them to life in a way that feels true to what we've seen
0: Yes exactly I I can't think of um I can't think of a better and higher compliment for a Star Wars author to not only capture the magic of some of these characters from the original films but also be able to, uh, bring them into something new, exciting, and that keeps you engaged and locked in in a way that we only are when it comes to the world of star Wars. Now that is going to bring this episode of the star Wars report podcast to a close, Mr. Herleman uh, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Maybe any closing thoughts on, uh, Master and Apprentice. And I know for further info and and thoughts and opinions, they can find the episode on on Beyond the Films, too.
1: That's true. Uh, You know, Master and Apprentice is definitely a book that if you want to check out the prequel trilogy, that's one to check out. I like the way it ties into episode one. It definitely puts you right in the bang of your uh, race of the trilogy of the saga as it was. Um, you can find me on the internet out there as illogical Rogue 2 I'm actually on TikTok now. You can see some videos of me pulling boards up. It's got 19k likes or nice. views or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how the TikTok works, but I'm ticking and talking. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, I'm all uh, across the board on the illogical rogue stuff. If you see me on the uh, Fortnite, though, that's my son careful he's vicious
0: <laughs> nice i like it i love it yeah you can also uh, follow us, uh, the star wars report of course stay in touch with us in between shows and to tell you uh, i actually just sent out uh, this past week a new edition of the uh mailing list of the of the newsletter rather so if you go to star wars mailing list sign up for a newsletter i will be uh, sending miss the last couple weeks over the summer but especially with all the star wars news if you want a nice weekly summary of the top news stories and Riley's thoughts and opinions on what's going on in the world of Star Wars as well as links to the show and updates on the show make sure you sign up StarWarsReport.com and
1: the whole network I was impressed yeah. I was it's like every one of the second airborne yeah, podcasts I've been in
0: there it's a great like I'm gonna be posting each week with um, like the top stories and a little bit of commentary on them not like everything but uh, uh, I'll also be featuring some of the content from the network and some uh, content just to share the love uh, with some of my favorite Star Wars podcasts, YouTube channels, kind of gathering it all in oh, one yeah. place for the, uh, for the newsletter. So that should be very doable. Uh, StarWarsReport.com slash mailing list. Of course, you can just go to StarWarsReport.com. You'll see the uh, show notes for this episode. Episode... What are we up to? Episode 446 yeah, uh, four, so make sure you check that out we have the links to everything we talked about including photos of the freaking cool Disney Star Wars hotel construction all that fun stuff uh, in the uh, show notes Legos for this episode exactly also make sure that you uh, uh, follow us at Star Wars Report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Star Report so you can follow us on social and then finally shoot us an email, Star Report at gmail dot com follow me on social media i'm at the riley Guy, r-i-l-e-y that's where you can find me on both twitter as well as instagram it's my preferred platform so with that i'm gonna wrap up this episode and we just have to say may the force be with you and remember many boffins died to bring you this podcast
1: I'm one with the force. The force is
0: with me. Yeah. <laughs> that is the oh. uh, That's the That's the greatest trailer of the Disney era, right? The Rise of Skywalker yeah, trailer?
1: That soundtrack is yeah, I love it. I do love it. They really, they really hit the horns.